Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hi, and thanks for joining me. I'm Gil, aka Coach G. Health, wellness, and fitness is my passion. I'm an ultramarathon runner, yoga fan, educator, breathwork enthusiast, and a new dad to my beautiful baby boy, which is probably the most demanding activity yet. As a coach and athlete, I've met some of the most incredible people. Now, I want to share their insight, experience, and life up till now with you. In this episode, we speak with Jane Wake, a Nike trainer who has amassed a wealth of knowledge over her years in the industry. During our conversation, she shares what she's discovered while completing her master's in sports science and how that's shaped her perspective on movement. So, without further ado, I'd like to introduce Jane Wake. Welcome, Jane. Thank you so much for joining us today. How are you doing? I'm doing really well, girl, and thank you for inviting me. It's a pleasure to be here. We go way back to to the good old Nike days, and it's been so great working with people like yourself. You know, this is a chance for for everyone out there to find out a little bit more about, you know, the journey of some of the top trainers out there. So today, could you give us a little bit more information about yourself, kind of your journey to where you are now, what you've got going on, and you know, your thoughts and, and ideas on how the industry is poised to change in the future? Oh, gosh, yes. Wow. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I've, I'm 52. So I've been in this industry quite a long time, because I started when I was about 17. Um, and, um, you know, and, and back in back in those days, you know, you kind of you're talking about fitness really being in a very, very different place. Um, not very many people were into it. Um, your gyms were pretty basic. Uh, there's a lot of people into bodybuilding. Um, but gyms, that's all gyms were in those days and there weren't very many of them there were very few and far between um and and a gym in any other kind of environment if you're talking kind of health club environment would have been so basic i mean you would have just basically had your standard kind of nautilus fitness equipment and that would have been it nothing else um and uh yes yeah, so th- it was a very different time but aerobics obviously with your jane fonda and all that kind of stuff she was a little bit earlier than my time just so i'm not quite as old as jane fonda um but but that you know group fitness had taken off in some form and and actually that's how i kind of got into it because i found um uh, a teacher whose classes i just really enjoyed and it it sparked something in me and 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 i got a buzz out of it. i love music um, and, I, and I got a real kick out of movement to music and moving to music. Um, and I like the kind of slight dance element of it. Um, uh, so, so that kind of got me interested. And I've always been a runner. Um, at school, I was a runner. Um, I competed as a, as a runner at school and then went on to kind of county level. So I was, I was always into, into fitness. And I think the other reason why fitness was a, a thing for me was I was never really good at team sports. I was always a good all-rounder. I could get picked for a team because I could run fast. And I've always said that my strongest muscle was my heart because, um, <laughs> because I had a, not only a, a passion for just, just 
moving and I got that high out of movement from an early age I realized what that did but I could I could run forever you know <laughs> this so I could run up and down on a wing playing hockey and occasionally I could hit it the right way <laughs> not very often but I could run right to the end of the game and I was always with my teammates so so that's so that's what I I did and so I, so I was always on the periphery of sport I was never really into it but I I did did enjoy it but fitness was always my thing and um and then I decided at an early age I wanted to travel the world so it's like how could I travel travel the world well I needed to earn money and save money and I loved fitness and I've been going to these classes these group exercise classes and I thought oh well I'll, I'll start my own class no training none whatsoever <laughs> and I set up this fitness class in a village hall <laughs> Because I lived in the in 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 the sticks of Hampshire, and I set up this fitness. I haven't told anyone this, by the way, girl. Um, uh, totally and now would be totally illegal. No training, no no first aid, nothing. Yeah, insurance would <laughs> um, not approve of that. No, no. Well, I don't think there were insurance in those days. Um, so there's you know absolutely nothing, and um, uh, <laughs> so so I did that, and I started earning some pennies to you know I did that as well as working in pubs and all the other things you did to earn money to go travel, um, and then as soon as I did my uh, did my A levels, I was off. I went off travelling, and I travelled for a year, and I went to Australia, and then I saw how different fitness was seen there. It was far more on it totally more on it much more advanced in terms of of how they approach things because in Australia it's it's so much more body conscious and that's another thing to talk about you know not necessarily in a positive way but everyone was on the beach you know so so they all wanted to look good and there was that whole it was a different thing to to the UK a, a different a different kind of culture um, and I saw it and I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And I, and I, and the, the way the group exercise was done was better. The gym training was better. Everything I just had a different, different perspective. Um, so I came back from my year traveling and I thought, right, I, this is what I want to do. Uh, so I went and got myself qualified. And at that point, my, from my A-levels, I was going on to, to study business studies. I wasn't going to do sport. Um, and so I, so I started on a business, uh, studies um, uh, degree um, but my love was in sport and whilst I was doing my business studies I um, qualified then so then exercise to music RSA qualification was around um, so I qualified whilst I was doing my degree I qualified as a fitness instructor and then I started teaching classes at uni and I was the richest student <laughs> because, because I was teaching classes and I was earning about swimming a lot of money uh for a student you know because I was teaching all the students classes so so uh it was it was a great great way and in those days you could earn more money now then than you could now uh, in actual fact for an hour's class I think I earned more money then than I could if I went and worked in a gym now I think I'd earn less than I did then because yeah because it was just like people paying individual uh, um you know per person um and you, you were a rare commodity. As a fitness instructor in those days, you were a rare commodity. So it was very, very, very different to how, how it is now. And, and then I realised I wanted to go into sports, so I switched to sports science, and then I even went on to do um, sports masters. And and I didn't, because I kind of done my year out, I just went into it straight away. And I didn't I didn't get onto the master's course. I got onto a, a further education course. But I was so into it and I did so well in my exams that they switched me up to the master's. So 
I did a master's in a year, really, really, really quickly. And, and I was just, I was just really focused on it. So by, by the age of 21, 22, I, I was, I was qualified with a master's in sports science and I was the only woman. So masters in sports science in those days were where there was only two places you could do it. And one, one where I went was Sheffield university. I think the other was Brunel. There's one other university that did it. And, um, I was at Sheffield uni. So I went up to Sheffield to do my masters and, um, and, and I know that when I, I did the course, there was about 20, it was, it was the first year my course was running and there was about 20 people on the course and only four of us passed. And I was the only woman that passed. And so in, in yeah, so in those days, and there were very few women doing it anyway. I think there were two of us, uh, two females and that was it. So, so sports science was, you know, not, it wasn't nearly as big as it is now. What was kind of you mentioned? You were the only woman who who completed that course. What would you say the the kind of the percentage of you know women to men in terms of training would you say there was at that stage? Well, this is what's really interesting because from a from a group exercise perspective, it was all women. There's you know you might get the odd guy coming into a class, but there was there was no men in the classes at all. And so you had group exercise, which was was just aerobic style classes, and 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 then you had um you had the gym. And as I say, it was very bodybuilding orientated. So like for when I was at uni, I, I um uh when I did my masters in Sheffield, I switched to um so I I was again working whilst I was doing my masters. I was again teaching classes. Um, and I um, wasn't working in the university because they didn't have a provision at that uni. I was, did my undergraduate studies in London and it was a, a little bit different there. But in Sheffield, they hadn't heard of group exercise. They weren't doing that for students. Um, so I went to a gym and the only gym that I could go to that was available was Donna Hartley's gym. So she's a girl from Sheffield, but she'd competed in the Olympics. I think she did really well. I, 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 um, I think she got medals. Um, uh, and she was a hurdler. Um, but the thing with Donna Hartley is that, you know, she went into bodybuilding and she clearly took, well, put it this way. I can't say this categorically, but her voice kind of was very down here. Um, and I remember uh, (laughs) she had a bit of help and I remember going into a gym and, and kind of like being really intimidated by this woman, but good on her you know she'd gone out there she created this gym so it was a massive bodybuilders gym um and i and they had a little studio there and i used to teach classes in the studio and even some of the bodybuilders came down and and did my classes and i got the students down and i used to do this class on a sunday morning it was called the ultimate hangover cure and obviously i was with a load of sports students so it was like it was like a you know you're having your 10th pint in the in the student union bar on a saturday night and it was like right who's going to turn up at jane's class the next morning so they would all bomb down to donna hartley's gym <laughs> and try not to throw up the next morning um doing my class and we used to do this class which was we go for half an hour run we'd then do half an hour of the equivalent of hits now and then uh then weights at the end and and um yeah so so that was so that was how how I started and and I kind of got a bit of a name for myself just in Sheffield because it was like this woman was going around doing these 
different classes and I'd learn so much from being in Australia because they were doing things differently so it just started off being very creative with my fitness and doing different stuff but learning from the bodybuilders bodybuilders know so much stuff and this is me being a sports science you know student and yes I was learning stuff from the books but I'm telling you for now I, I learned so much more from the practicality of doing stuff like that like that you know just watching bodybuilders train and how they would work to really change their bodies and they I have to say that I uh, my hat's off you know because they are incredible incredible athletes um even if some of them did have a bit of help but <laughs> but you know it, 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 I learned I learned I learned so much even at even at a, an early age um yeah so so that's that was my my beginning and then I, I did my master's and my research was on women, you know, in mainly majority women in, in classes. Um, I did my, my, my research, which you can still go and find it if you want to. My research was on the provision of, of fitness for women. And it was specifically that. And I did a whole research study and I interviewed women who were doing classes and, and little things. And this comes, brings me right up to where I am right now, um, I would interview these women and it was things like, well, you know, and, and at those times it was quite, uh, you know, there were some male fitness um, instructors and they were going in and, and they probably had never done, you know, any kind of training, but they were very, very few people had qualifications. Um, and you'd get these mass classes in, a, in like a sports hall and there were literally like 500 people exercising in a sports hall. This is, you know, fitness people who, who were, in any area were like local celebrities like I became a bit in Sheffield but I I went to various different places to to do my research and I wanted to find where there were these instructors why why were they so popular and there's one place where I went to and there were literally 500 women all women in a hall with a guy teaching them and and what they said was so fascinating you know little things like you know he doesn't understand why we all run out 10 minutes well, after the class has started, because we're going to wet ourselves if we don't, <laughs> you know, little things like because these are all women who who are mums and uh, and you know no consideration for for health and safety, no con- you know all these. So I did because my 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 degree was my master's was management based, so so I I did all this thing about you know this is the provision that we should be providing for people, and it was it was very kind of sociologically based as well it was really looking into how culturally um women loved it i mean they still came back even if they did wet themselves at every class because there was a a, there was a beautiful you know camaraderie about it being with all these these other women and they quite frankly guys you're always going to do well in this industry liked looking at this guy whilst they were doing their exercise (laughs) god that's so sexist i can't believe i just said that but it was true that's 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 what how how it was and and um and and you know and it so shouldn't be like that but it still blimmin is isn't it there's still that element you, you want to work you, you you understand the the health benefits and and the wellness benefits but it never hurts to uh, to look at something nice while you're doing it it's it's okay <laughs> Yeah. So so yeah, they, it 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 is is okay. But I think the reasons for why you didn't what what came out from my research was they were doing it because 
they wanted to be fit, they wanted to be this, they wanted to be that, they wanted to look a certain way. But actually what they were telling me is they loved the camaraderie, they loved the social interaction, they loved being with other women like themselves and being able to say, yeah, did, did, did you have a real issue with that because your tummy really hurt? And it's like, yeah, I did. So they would learn more from each other than they ever did from the instructor who was just on a pedestal, uh, you know, miles away in this big massive sports hall. And 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 so we've come a you know we've come we've come a long long way since then thank goodness, <laughs> but but um, but that it all fascinated me and and I think because I did that research I've always had a different a different kind of um, you know I haven't gone down that route of this is you know this is how how you look, and 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 I, and I always remember and I, my my next thing i did after that was was uh, going from uh, doing my masters i i went i had a few months kind of just freelancing and then i went to work for fitpro in, who in those days were called fitness professionals um shortened their name to fitpro and i went to work for them and i always remember and it, the person shall be be nameless but there was a, there was a bit of bitchiness going on it was about with all the presenters that worked worked in there and someone said something quite scathing about another presenter about about them not looking the part and and I and and um and I was I was kind of like taken aback a little bit um and then he turned around to me and it was a guy who said this doesn't really not irrelevant actually but um because it could have been either male or female person saying it but don't worry Jane you always look all right and I hadn't, I hadn't even thought about it, you know, and it, it, it was, and it suddenly made me, that him saying that made me suddenly conscious of what I looked like. And I never had been up until that point, And I did from then on. And because he said that, I then started looking at people thinking that was important, that you had to, had to look a certain way. And it made me, it took me quite a long time to realise that that wasn't the be all and end all. Um, but, but it was, it, it, it's interesting. There's always been that element within our, within our industry. Do you think it's getting better? Do you think that that stigma of how you look is, is kind of dying down a little bit? Or do you think with Instagram and, and Twitter and, and YouTube, there's still kind of that undercurrent of, it's the way that you look, it's what you wear, it's it's all of these kind of things that, that kind of affect how popular you are. Yeah, there is, definitely, um, because it's personified. And so there's a, there's a stronger wave of, of um, backlash against it. And and I, I love the fact that there are so many influence, influencers now that, you know, I'm using this word influencer because, because these are people out there that are, you know, who are, are basically um really taking on the responsibility of this and probably away from from people like ourselves because we're not the influencers we're not the people with you know 5 million followers on our Instagram account but these influencers there are a lot of them now who are portraying images which are which are it's not about what you look like and and they're changing themselves and their own attitudes and they're kind of going on these journeys and realizing and they're realizing because they're realizing the damage it's done to themselves just being in that kind of viewpoint of people looking at you constantly and being critical of how you look and how how hard it is to keep that that up and how detrimental that is to you to you mentally so there is a a, a widening 
area of of um of you know a surge forward in progressiveness on that respect however that's only one sector of the social media community there's a probably bigger sector which is still back where i was how old am i 52 uh 35 years ago you know and that's that's what scares me that 35 years ago is where we were with that stuff and it's still going on now and and it's like there's this this wave here but there's this bigger band here that is still in that in that camp and we've just got to make this wave bigger um and and you know um it, there's there's all there's all sorts of it's not just fitness obviously fitness is just one one part of it in terms of the whole image the beauty the fashion the the whole thing that's image conscious um but fitness is become is is probably the most important one because this is this is getting we have and this is this goes for every single fitness person fitness leader fitness instructor trainer anyone professional within this industry we have so much responsibility because we have an opportunity to improve people's lives to 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 use movement as as um, medicine as healing mentally physically we have that opportunity to to really change people's lives we can change people's lives and if you don't take your job seriously enough and you don't think about how you can impact and your community might be just 10 people it may might be a hundred it might be ten thousand it might be a million and and whatever your community is it doesn't matter you 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 have a responsibility um and and we should be seen not as just you know these fitness instructors that jump about and you know maybe do a few bicep curls you know we have a huge responsibility and and we need to educate ourselves and we need to really make sure that that we are impacting on people's lives in the right way as trainers as coaches as um instructors you know it's it's our responsibility to take that step to look after the people who come to us for that help for that guidance and yet it takes a little bit of time it takes a little bit of practice but it is doable in your own individual way oh yeah absolutely and and you know, if I, I when I was started out, I you know I thought I knew everything, and <laughs> I was like, um, and I was incredibly confident, and you know, I went on talk without any training whatsoever. But I did, I did soon start to realise that I needed training. But I had an inquisitive mind, and I had that, you know, I wanted to research, I wanted to do all of that kind of stuff. And if you, if you love what you do, and that's the key thing, isn't it? You know, being in this industry, we're so lucky and anyone that's kind of crossed into it quite recently, um, well done, you know, because it is an amazing space to be. Welcome, absolutely. And it's so fascinating because we are dealing with with people's bodies. and, And I love that now I'm in a position where I can talk to doctors, I can talk to people from from in different kind of medical or science um spheres and we talk on the same level because because i know about movement and and how movement relates to the body in a way that they don't and they are fascinated by what i've got to say and and that's how powerful you are you know if 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 you really get into this industry um and you love what you do and you really start to research what you do and learn from other people and educate yourself um 
wow, it's an, it's an amazing place to be. And hey, we're the luckiest people in the world because we get to look after ourselves. Well, some people don't look after themselves, but we get to move every single day. And that's what we should be doing, moving every single day. Um, you just have to get the balance right. But yeah, it, it, it's, we're so lucky. You know, you're, you're doing a job where, where other people, you know, struggle to, to, to move every day and, and, and we get to do it as part of our job. That's so true. And you know, you mentioned something that, that's very close to my heart is, is education and knowledge. And it does still feel that the health and fitness and wellness sector is, for, for lack of a better word, looked down upon from the medical field, not because of the lack of knowledge, because there are some amazing trainers, intelligent trainers, really well-educated trainers out there, and there are some that have just entered that are planning to educate themselves. It's the trust that the medical industry doesn't have for health, fitness, and wellness. You know, that they're worried that their patients may not get the attention, the guidance, the support that they need. So as you mentioned before, it's about educating yourself. It's about developing yourself. It's about remembering that you are a very important part of this cycle of, of health and looking after the, the greater body, if, if I can put it that way, um, you know, make no mistake we we are in a very fortunate position to have these skills have these this knowledge um but we need to now represent that in a healthy way in a an educated way in a way that we perceive or or we show that we can handle that next step the step where we now link with the medical profession absolutely girl and this is so important this is really important because traditionally physiotherapists and and um uh, uh, any any doctor working in um in in the kind of um field where they do well, surgery mainly actually when you're dealing with with um uh, knee injuries hip injuries all of that kind of thing that traditionally they have seen us as an opportunity for them to get more work yeah so so it's it's like yeah you know get damage in the gym with a fitness instructor and then i get more work because you then come to me um and that's so <laughs> wrong and i mean i've joked with physiotherapists about it it's like yeah you keep, you you guys keep you the job and 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 it sh- and it's <laughs> it shouldn't be be that that way um we should all be working very very much together and 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 that's and that's uh, and so there has to be that 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 level of understanding b- between us all, and the recognition that uh, you know um, uh, an orthopedic surgeon doesn't learn muscles in the way that we do, you know. So so we do have something to offer, and a physiotherapist, while they will know the mechanics of the body in a, in an incredible way, they don't have the practice of movement that we do. We are the specialists in movement because we experience this all the time. And, and you know, I'm, I'm lucky. I can say this from experience now because I've had this wide experience. And if you're starting off and you've only been in the industry a couple of years, um, just 
don't worry because we've all been there yeah we've all started there and just know that the more you do this that that, that you, things will start to you know it's like learning to do anything isn't it you know pennies start to drop all over the place and the biggest way to learn is from your mistakes and boy have I made some massive mistakes <laughs> you know I, I feel you exactly and you, and you learn from it and you know as, as long as that's the that's the path that you follow. Who was it? Malcolm Gladwell, I believe, said to master a skill takes up of 10,000 hours. And, you know, the only way you're going to get to that number and above is by making those small little steps, a little bit here, a little bit there, you know, speaking to people. Yeah, when when I started out as a as a trainer, I I was fortunate enough to to have a few friends who were physios. I'd go and sit in their uh, in their um, office while they speak to their patients. You know, on the odd occasion when it was appropriate, I'd sit in on an actual session. And these little things just, you know, they they were tools to help me understand how the body moved, and not just that, how people react to different situations. You know, somebody who is is comfortable and confident with moving and they're now told that they have a knee issue that will last at least six to eight months before they're recovered properly. You can see how emotionally that can affect them versus someone who's had a niggle, you know, a lifelong niggle, and they're told that they're going to have to work step by step and how, you know, they may not have been able to perform at a higher level, but again, mentally and psychologically, they're able to deal with it and just go, yep, all right, you tell me what to do and I'll get on with it if it helps. Yeah, yeah, and and, and this is where the psychological aspect of, of what we do, you know, it comes into it massively. And, you know, I was lucky enough to, to study it at um, sports psychology and, and it's kind of been, sports psychology has been left behind a little bit in terms of uh, the whole kind of mindfulness, um, um, you know, kind of, it's been, you know, it's massive now, isn't it? And, and, and sports psychology is really important because, because the, the, the mindset of an athlete take it can, can really help in a, in a lot of ways. And, and, and a, a lot of people will think, well, that's, you know, I'm never going to be that. And if we go back to our old boss, Nike, uh, girl, you know, the, 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 the mindset that everybody is an athlete, because everybody has a body is a, is an athlete, which is their kind of like tag line. Um, you know that that mindset is 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 really really important because the best athletes you know are 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 the ones that also have um an element of calm an element of you know yes i can do this not not yes i can do this you know there's a no i i i know i can do this and 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 that element of calm is so it makes a massive massive difference and it's 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 there's it's psychological it's sensory it's there's so many many other aspects other than mechanical that leads us to where how we move and understanding those different pathways is is absolutely absolutely vital and and when as a trainer when you're looking at improving movement um don't stop move you know, and this is this is the thing. You can't improve movement by stopping. You can only improve movement by continuing to move and questioning how you move and moving in in the right direction. And and I think this is this is what a lot of people do. They stop and they try and go somewhere else. 
um, or they try and different a different different tact, and people move in a certain direction because that that works for them, right? So so don't stop them moving in that direction, but understand. And I'm saying this is this is hypothetical, yeah. So and un- understand why they're doing that, and why it's going maybe not not quite quite right, and how you can tweak it, you know, and use your knowledge to understand how to balance that movement out. Don't stop them doing it. If that's what they want to do, don't stop them moving, but just, you know, little little steps every way, but just keep analyzing how how they're doing and understand the basic mechanics. You know, we we've been so hit up with correcting stuff, correcting this, correcting that. It's not about correcting, it's about just moving in the right way for that individual and you have to take into psychological aspects, sensory issues, um uh just people's basic um, um mechanics and how they work because we're we're all different. We all move slightly differently, um, and and then and you know and then looking at at, at, at body balance, and, and I find it fascinating looking at children because because you know you watch children play and how they move, and and this is the the bad thing is that is that a lot of kids are not getting to move, and and our our culture has changed so much that they're just not naturally moving, they're not climbing trees, they're not doing this, they're not doing that, so they're not getting the movement base that that we need to be able to develop all the muscles that that they need to be strong, but look at them all move, and they will all move differently, you know that doesn't make it wrong, that's just a natural natural movement, and um, but understanding how that person moves and how you can tweak that movement is really important because the one thing you don't want to do is to stop someone loving moving you know it, being being a being a one-on-one trainer is 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 a gift um because and and um if, if you are able to to do that and help people in that way and i've learned so so much from from doing one-on-one training but group group exercise has a huge place plus it's affordable for for more people and and it's it's there are things your skill as a group and this is where the skill of a group exercise teacher is so so important is is it's about feeling and at the end of the day you are not doing the movement the person is doing the movement not you so you have to you have to facilitate that movement and guiding it in the right way and that's your teaching skills so that's your teaching skill set you know, so I spend a lot of time in my warm ups just going through basic, basic, basic mechanical movement patterns. And the biggest one is just the movement of the foot and the and the and the, the walking running gait and that push off from the big toe joint. And the, how, how many people don't feel that push off from their toe? When are you ever asked to feel that push off from your toe and that connection to your glutes? You know, and I every warm up I get people to do that, and and they and I'm doing it online at the moment, live streaming, and I can't even blim and see them, and yeah, don't tell me in in zooms with ten, twelve, minimum. You know, okay, if you've got a smaller class, fine, but I'm sorry if you're doing a zoom class, you are not watching how people are doing. You can't. It's just, you just can't. Not everyone. We one to one. Yeah, I've done some one to ones on zooms, and yeah, you can. But you can't. So you've got to get them feeling it. And and actually, there's something to learn from all of this for all of us having to 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 teach remotely at the moment. Um, 
And that is is empowering people to be independent. And I've always said as a personal trainer, my job is to do myself out of a job. Because if, if I can get to someone to a point where they understand and they feel it for themselves, so they're doing it independently every day without me being there, I have won, yeah? As that's your ultimate aim as a, as, a, as a trainer. And you can do that in group exercise. If you're really getting people to think and feel, and this is where you have to just develop your teaching skills to to enable you to do that let's 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 bring it into like current times what what is it or, or how are you using your skills um your your knowledge your your ability at the moment to to help people train yeah i, I mean i i'm really lucky because going on with my my career i i started working on um in tv from a very well, I think in my in my twenties, I did my first exercise video, and it was called <laughs> "Shape Up and Slim Down." <laughs> uh, so that was an early nineties video, um, and it did it did really well. It got really well reviewed. It was at the time when Mr. Motivator was like doing all his stuff, um, and I and I I I was kind of like you know number two in the charts next to Mr. Motivator, along with Rosemary Connolly and a few others. Um, and uh, and so so that's so I started doing work with in video in my twenties and 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 then I I went on to do my own TV series I I, I kind of did a lot of presenting because I I went on to do um uh to do uh well I worked for Discovery Discovery Health channel as it was called then it, at that point Discovery Health was really massive and it's a real shame it kind of got merged into Discovery Home and Health. And it lost its health title, which which is a shame. So clearly at that time, people weren't interested enough in health. I wonder if it set itself up again now, whether it would it would do better. Yeah, but anyway, over, yeah. Yeah. So so um, so I worked for Discovery and um, I did several TV series with them. I did some kids focused one. I've always had a, a interest in kids. Um, and I did something called Fitness Files, which was, you know, it was, it was like mainstream. Well, as mainstream as as um, uh, as uh, um non you know kind of non-terrestrial tv wasn't in, in in the 90s and, and noughties um so so i i did a lot of tv series so i got a lot of a huge amount of experience working with cameras so i've always worked with cameras and um i've uh, oh i've been i've worked on various different shows since then um i was the lorraine which is you know the morning show i i was their fitness expert for a while um so so I was really lucky so when all this happened I had cameras in my studio I say my studio it's not my studio um I rent it <laughs> I wish it was my studio um I rent the space but someone approached me because I'd done quite a bit of tv work someone approached me and they wanted to do um live um fitness classes and so they put the cameras into the studio um and it's got a whole kind of mixing deck and it's 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 quite you know quite pro um and um so they set all that up but they couldn't this is really weird this is about 5 5 years ago they couldn't get it to work then they probably would have done now um uh and it's partly also because they weren't in the fitness industry you know so they've got these cameras and they thought they could make it work and anyway they couldn't make it work so um I brought the cameras off them I brought the equipment off them and kept it there and I've been playing with it for a while 
and doing a few live classes and using the cameras to pre-record stuff and trying to set up my own on-demand online service, which I've been a bit crap with, to be quite frank with you. I've been playing with it and not try getting it. And, and then March came and then all of a sudden everyone had to go online and I did it the next day because I had everything set up. So it's like, oh my God, right, I can still do this. I can, I can still work. Um, and it was funny, that first class, I, I, I sent everybody, all of my class participants said, look, let's, let's try this. And I sent everyone a link and, uh, uh, and, um, and we did it. And, and yeah, and it's, 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 it's been a massive learning curve for so many people, for me as well. I even had the camera set up and I know how to work with a camera and, um, and, and, you know, I know how to, to make this, make it interactive and I think that's that's the important thing but it's also why I don't use zoom um not for for group classes I do zoom one-to-one and I do have the ability with my setup I can view some people but I don't view any more than than four people at a time I I I would do it as a like a, a social thing but to I personally don't work in in group situations with 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 a uh, with looking at other people having that you know that view back with with a, with more than four um because i i just I, I just feel i i if i'm looking at more than four people i'm then not commanding the rest of the class so for me yeah i i find that difficult so i do i do wonder how people do it with these mass classes and really for them because I need to concentrate on what I was saying to you before, which is getting people to feel their movement. So I am, I am in my head, not picturing those four people so much. I am picturing everybody in my class working out at home. And that's a really good tip. See the people working at home. And if it is you've got Zoom and you're looking at people in a mass screen, but you're really like as if you were in a one-to-one situation you're thinking one step ahead of how their body's moving and correcting them without but imagining everything that you know could possibly happen and correcting them so I yeah as you can tell I'm a big talker and I like to talk a lot (laughs) but I don't stop talking through my classes I, I just don't and I get criticized for it you know on on my on my YouTube channel um I get people commenting she never stops talking (laughs) Um, and I'm sorry. Uh, actually, no, I'm not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. Um, because I, I feel I have to impart that information because I have to get you feeling what you're doing. I have to get you feeling it, you know. So, and we haven't got touch. We can't touch. And I love touch. You know, touch is very important. And for me as a trainer, I use touch a lot. And, you know, you, you, you touch on a point which I'm, I'm actually quite interested to hear your thoughts on you know, the evolution of training. Now that we are in the situation and kind of what you think the the industry is going to look like in the next year, the next few years, given your knowledge of of previous. And again, you know, it's 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 very um, it, it's guesswork at the moment. Nobody really knows. But just with what you've experienced, what do you think the the future of the health and fitness industry is going to look like? 
Well, I, I think I think this year has been absolutely fascinating and really brilliant for the fitness industry. And I, and, I, and I say that, and I know a lot of people listening will be like, well, it hasn't been brilliant for me. You know, you may have lost your job, you may have been furloughed, you may own a gym and it's closed down. So, I, you know, with all that in mind, it's been brilliant because we have had to diversify. And as I say, five years ago, when um, I tried to, to get involved in a live streaming a class project it didn't it didn't work and it will work now because people have done it they've had to do it and some people a lot of people will now realize that actually it's the best way for them to move i mean i'm i'm teaching classes at 6 30 a.m every single morning and they are, have been more successful in this lockdown than any of my other classes have been because people realize that they can they can do it whereas in the in the first lockdown they were dubious about it. They weren't sure about it. They weren't sure if it, it would work. Well, now they know it does. And they now know they can train every single day um, and they can do it easily. They can do it from their own home. Whereas they would never have done that if they had to go to the gym every morning, the, 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 the travel time, this X, Y, Z. There are, there are, it's all about accessibility. And we always have to think about accessibility from, from our ind- industry. You know, accessibility is one of the biggest reasons why people don't move and don't move enough. Um, and so online training has has widened the accessibility and you also got to remember going back to your mr motivator and your exercise videos who guilt people like you and i would always criticize exercise videos because it's like oh, how the how can they do the same as you know as an actual proper class you know where you've got that interaction you're with people you know i'm talking about touch and the difference that that you get when you're inside the studio. And I still have people who say to me, it's just not the same, Jane, I want to be in the studio. And there will always be those people. So don't be scared if you own a gym or whatever. But what you are now doing is you're widening your audience. And this is what we've got to remember. There are still enough people for everybody. It doesn't matter how many people train in the fitness industry. There are still enough people out there because there are still people who are not moving enough. So so it's just what's happened in this last year has widened our reach massively and going back to what I was saying right at the beginning about getting the right messages out there being really you know having conviction in what you do and being you know being the best you possibly can be as a fitness leader you now have this bigger reach and you can now get to more and more people by doing online as well as 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 um in I call it in studio in gym training or one-to-one or, or um, whatever you want to call it so 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 we've got this opportunity now and and I think when when we go back to being whatever normal is um I think well one for one thing when who knows when that's going to happen I think we have to maintain our online presence because it may go back again. We may have to go back into, who knows? We may have to go back into another lockdown. So I think we have to have that flexibility, which we've all been amazing to be able to do that. Yeah, but we have to main, maintain it. And I think now people will switch. They'll always want that online element. So I'm now working on 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 a, a programme, you know, a, uh, a, my, I'm just basically changing my website and how I deliver my classes to ha- to give that maximum flexibility so that people can drop into the studio or they can do it online, and and that and that's where everyone needs to go. They need need to absolutely be able to do both 
because people will want both. And you need to create programs where you maybe you have one one-to-one -one personal training session, but then you do the rest of it online. And think of it for, from, from yourself as well. You can get in a lot more sessions with them doing pre-recorded or stuff online. So you actually widen your, your income. So this is why it's a, it's a brilliant opportunity for all of us. Um, you can do it anywhere. You know, when we are allowed to travel, you could be doing your one-to-one -one sessions in the Bahamas or wherever. <laughs> so so this, this is actually brilliant. And you've got to see it as an amazing opportunity. You can widen your horizons. So this is all positive. Um, and you can reach more people, which is what we need to do. Definitely. People with the right knowledge need to meet, reach more people. What I'd like to know from you while, while we have you on, um, you know, you, you know some really cool people. You've, you've met a whole bunch of amazing trainers out there. For, for our listeners, who would you recommend to go and check out? And, and maybe, you know, people that we could connect with on the, uh, the podcast and get them in for a, for a chat. You know, what, what would your, if you have a couple of people, some names that, uh, that we could uh, link in the, uh, the notes below. Yeah, oh, absolutely. So, um, so bearing in mind, I'm probably one of the oldest people in the industry. Um, uh, I, <laughs> there is somebody who is a, is, a, is a lot wiser and more knowledgeable than me. Uh, and that's a lady called Kelly Roberts. Now, she's based in, in the States, um, West Coast. And um, Kelly, uh, that's spelled K-E-L-I, Kelly. And Kelly, she was my first girl crush. So Kelly did, um, did a video, you know, an exercise video uh, with Cher, like, years, like, oh God, it, it would have been, after the Jane Fonda, Cher did a video. I don't know if you, well, you obviously you won't remember it, um, uh, but um, it was like one of the most popular videos at, at the time after Jane Fonda. Uh, and Cher did this exercise video and being Cher, she was in some ridiculous outfit doing this exercise video. But then there was this, this instructor and she's, she's Australian and I, and it, it immediately is like, oh, Australian accent. And it's one of the reasons why, um, I kind of then went after that, went to Australia because she, she inspired me. And, and it was just from the onset, professionalism, just knowledge and care and ev everything that she did. You could just tell she was different and she was coming. It wasn't just about the movement and the image. It was uh, a movement as in, you know, doing an exercise for the you know sake of doing an exercise. It was there was a there was a, a level of professionalism that she had that took the, the, the fitness as it was in those days, which wasn't an industry. It was just a faddy little kind of glitzy beauty kind of thing. You know, um, actresses did it, not not qualified professional people and kelly roberts took it into a different sphere she you know it wasn't sure doing the video it was an instructor teaching sure how to so it's the first time everyone went oh actually maybe we need someone who's actually got some knowledge in this stuff um and kelly is still training instructors today she's still doing it today she's so on it and um she looks amazing she's got the most incredible physique um not that that means everything but she's a testament to her dedication um and um yeah and she's 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 just as I say she was my 
my first girl crush. And she'd, as I say, you could do online training with her if you wanted to, and you would learn so much just from, from her experience. So, so through the powers of social media, I, uh, I have learned about some other people, one of whom I've managed to meet and I've had some interaction with. The other I have yet to meet, but I hope I will, and I, ha- I hope to do some training with them. Um, but the, the first one is Dr. Emily Spiegel. Now, she's in New York, or she, actually she's moved from New York, but she was based in New York. She is a podiatrist, but obviously in the fitness, fitness world as well, trained fitness teacher, but she's, she basically is all about the foot. And everything starts from the foot, which it does. And I have learned so much from her um, and have completely managed to change my whole kind of way. My Personally, I move because I've always had um, certain injuries and now I, I know it's it's been foot-based and why I've had those injuries and I've been able to really work on my, my foot strength. Uh, and I've learned so, 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 so much from her. And she has an incredible perspective she has that medical background, but an absolute love of fitness and an understanding. And, and this is where that medical and that, and that movement intertwine. She does it perfectly. And then the other person, I have to have another one because this is the other person that's really, really influenced me recently, is a guy called Anthony, Anthony Lowe. And he is known as, um, on, on uh, uh, Instagram, he is uh, the physio detective. Um, an amazing man. Um, he's, he's so different in his approach and he's quite controversial and I like that about him because he makes you think. And my first interaction with him is I didn't like it because he criticised something I said. And, and, and I, but I took it as a criticism and it wasn't. He was making me think and I loved that. And I was really taken aback at first. I was like, oh, but I'm Jane Wake and I know my stuff. Um, and and I, and, I, and I loved that because it's like, no, you don't, Jane. You don't know your stuff. You've got to widen your horizons. And, and he does that. He does that. He's amazing. He's a really, really amazing man. Amazing. Thank you so much for that. And we're, uh, we're going to put that in the, uh, the show notes. So if anybody's interested, they can go check these, uh, these really cool professionals out. Now, before we end... Tell us what you've got going on, you know, what people can expect from you, where people can find you. My big passion has been for the last 15 years, really, which is which is um, exercise and pregnancy. Um, uh, so I, I started a project um, about a year and a half ago called The Powerful Pregnancy. And the whole aim of, of The Powerful Pregnancy was to provide a free resource for pregnant women to be able to move but move in the right way um and and i've done that i've, I've put it up there but I, I want to do more than that I, I haven't done any instructor training for a long time actually and I, i'm just starting to kind of delve back into it so hopefully you'll start to see some instructor training programs online from me at some point or other. Perfect, perfect. Exciting times. Well, thank you so much again for, for spending time with us. Really appreciate it. And I'm sure our uh, listeners appreciate it as well. So have a great day and I'm sure we'll catch up again soon. Yeah, we will, girl. And thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you. Absolute pleasure. Cheers. Bye for now.